Signs of the Southland, Monday, Memorial Day, May 30th, 2022. Mr. Purdy, I understand that you have a fun little game for us to break the ice with today. I do. We have a good, we have a good leadoff game here. So I spent part of my afternoon just because I never bothered doing this before of like seeing in the entire NCA cycle, the 2021 seasons through end of 2022, like how, A, how many sports are there even? And then who all is winning these things? Like, is it, because I know we always knew Stanford is like good at basically everything half the time, but oh, like, yeah, where, they is, are. where is this clumping? Uh, my fun discoveries was that a uh, bowling is a sport that is you can win a national championship in that McKendry won. Did not know this was a school. Like the D one. McKendry, whoever they are, won the team bowling thing. Uh, men's ice hockey, of course, Denver won, but like Denver, they don't get much of anything. They barely winning anything. Men's volleyball went to Hawaii, so the Wackens some got a title in there which is fun men's cross country went to northern arizona another odd one and then there's all the ones we do like wisconsin won uh, women's volleyball cal's got two between men's swimming and water polo so if it's water they kind of got that Damn. uh but the Long game i head. wanted to play the game i wanted to play though was how many could texas win right now they have two they've got rowing and they've got men's indoor track and field but they could win up to how many more do y'all think so you can kind of take it into account what sports are left but they have an upper bound which is obnoxiously large to me they i think that that list might be out of date because i think they picked up a tennis the team tennis oh they win a tennis one on one side on one i forget which side but they won it on one side but yeah texas oh i may miss tennis well, it's three. It, it doesn't matter in the large scheme of things, but it's just one more. I was going to say, I think they could probably win. There are not that many left. They are in the NCAA baseball field, which we'll talk about. Yeah, they, think... they did win men's double center. So they're at three if you count doubles as a team. Nah. Um, nah, it's not like the team title, though. It's just yeah, like, right. Yeah. 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 I didn't really count that because it was it's all individual. They don't have like okay. they don't have like a points thing or anything like that. Good adjustment. So they're in. So they're in the men's. They're, they're in this baseball regional. They're hosting their own regional. We'll talk about the yep. regionals in a second. I think they advanced in softball. So they're in the women's college world series. Correct. That's at least two more. They have probably potentially some outdoor track, right? Yeah, outdoor track is on the yep. table. Mm-hmm. Um. Tennis is done. Look, they don't play lacrosse. Lacrosse finished up today. Um, Winter winter sports are there, or or spring sports are there. They are still. So this this kind of jumps the gun on golf, but they are still eligible. Oh right, golf. Golf. They they will made the the field of eight. Yes. So that puts them at two. Stanford has three at the moment, but they are not going to win anything else. They're they're done at three. Texas is top ranked in both track and field for men's and women's. So they could oh, get, boy. they could sweep in Eugene and then all the other ones they mentioned, which means they could finish this with seven. <laughs> I think that actually might not be enough to win them the director's cup or the capital one cup, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, you would be surprised who's in the lead for both of those. UNC. Now, te- Texas is fourth right now in men's golf. It's, they're only eight shots back. So but they, it goes to match play tomorrow. So that means 
strokes don't really matter anymore. It's just that's how you- true. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's the top five on the women's side for the Capital One Cup: Florida State at seventy-two, Stanford at sixty-five. Wisconsin at 64, South Carolina at 63, and Louisville at 61. On the men's side, he who shall not be named at 66 at number one, uh, Michigan at number two at 62, uh, Clemson and Kansas tied for third at 60. Oh, and North Dakota State tied for third at 60. That's Capital One Cup. I think that's different for Director's Cup. Okay. Isn't the Capital okay, me, One Cup that like bowl thing where they like give it to like the conference that gets the most bowl? Yeah, thing? some like dumb thing like that. Okay, I, I have it has like four and a half men's sport. They got more than four and a half, but you know, okay, like, I have. Yeah, I was trying to get the Directors Cup standings here. I'll mention the other teams that could win a, a either already at multiple or could get to a second one. Georgia's second ranked in men's track and field, so they could cool. get that. Florida's fourth in both men's and women's track and field, uh, and also in softball and baseball. Oklahoma is currently leading the men's golf and the team portion until stroke play, of course, or match play. Uh, and so, then because there's so many baseball teams left, Stanford, Maryland, Notre Dame, Virginia, Florida State, and Oklahoma or other schools. And then Northwestern could be a sneaky win too. Uh, they also won – what was the thing they won? They also won field hockey this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have the Director's Cup pulled up. This is as of, well, the beginning of May. Um, so it doesn't include a bunch of championships, but this is the gospel that we have to go with. Uh, Michigan is on top, followed by Stanford, Ohio State, Notre Dame, North Carolina, and then Texas at number six. So, oh boy, uh, that, is a, that is a tough field to break into at the top. Of the tough field, but they've got, a, they've got a lot of upside. To, to, uh, if I'm reading through. this correctly, Tech is at 86th. So that yeah, is well, lower than we've been. To be fair, to be fair, we have like two fall sports. So like, yeah, we have yeah, we not... have the fewest. We have like the ACC minimum. So let's not get put that cart before the horse. But yeah, Directors Cup, Capital One Cup, fun stuff to look at. However. Still kind of to look at, I will say. <laughs> and that is of that is as of May 9th. So that's missing at least lacrosse. Um, I think probably I think maybe hockey. Um that should be after hockey. Um uh, it's missing a but yeah, it's missing a ton. So yeah. Ooh, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Let's start on the Georgia Tech Sports Review, talking about the aforementioned baseball NCAA tournament. Um, I want to start with how Tech season, Tech's regular season or their pre-NCAA season ended. They were effectively eliminated on day one uh, of the ACC tournament, excuse me, by Pitt in a, I think it was like an 8-6 comeback win for Pitt in the first game of the first day of the tournament. Not a great showing. Uh, Tech did come back and beat Louisville on day three. So there is that. Pitt went pretty far in the tournament. I think they made the semifinals before getting the snot beat out of them by NC State, who in turn got the snot beat out of them by UNC in championship game. Before we move on to talk about uh, Tech's NCAA tournament draw, do either of you have any thoughts on 
the ACC tournament. Jack, let's start with you. I kind of want to ask you all, how much do we think the Louisville win matters? Like, did, was, was that going to get us out of where we are now? Or do we think that would have put us somewhere else geographically in terms of where we were, like, would that put us in a two-seed in Statesboro? Does that put us in a two-seed? Uh, wait, does Gainesville have one? Or am I making that, I'm making that Gainesville up? Gainesville has one. It's okay. questionable at how much they deserve to host, in my humble opinion. But that's uh, for a different podcast, probably. Um, I don't think it had an effect. I think if it was, if Tech was in a more precarious position with regards to tournament entry, yeah, uh, I think it would have had more of an effect. But I think Tech's RPI is already was already high enough that you're looking at just adding on to what is a pretty solid resume. We'll talk about the caveats with that, but a solid tournament resume already, rather than putting it over the hump, so to speak. So I'm going to, I'm going to flavor that. So if you think about it in theory, Tennessee being the consensus, number one pick that would make the two seed in that region, the 32nd best team overall that make the three seed, the 33rd, it'd make the, the fourth seed, the last team in the tournament, the 64th team, the MIAC winner, Coppin state as delightful, you know, I'm sure they had a wonderful year. MIAC it has been at the bottom of every single one of the projections I've run of uh, general consensus of RPI, all that good stuff. Not a surprise there, but if by that logic, if it holds, which I would argue it doesn't because the baseball and softball regional selection process is a bunch of voodoo nonsense that gets packaged up into four uh, into 16, 14 blocks. Right. Yeah. And with that logic, that makes Tech, uh, if, if logic applies, and I'm not saying it does, that makes Tech the 32nd best team overall, and arguably beating Louisville then hurt us because it put us from being the third seed in someone else's regional, Statesboro, Auburn, yes. wherever, into the Knoxville regional. That being said, geography, I'll put up in air quotes because they use that pretty loosely as we saw yeah. in Wisconsin and in Gainesville and, and all that good stuff. But they use geography and relative weighting and all this nonsense that is just basically them trying to put a, an objective stamp on a subjective process in a way that, like, the part of the reason that projecting this field is impossible is because there's not, like, even though the committee can say in some years, like, we are going by RPI, we went by RPI, they don't do that, right? Or they can say, hey, like, big wins matter. I'm not entirely convinced that they always do, right? Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the day, Georgia Tech, yeah, in some ways we might be the 32nd best team overall. But I'm not convinced that, especially with how we saw the ACC get treated this year, granted, nine, nine teams in is a lot, right? But like versus the SEC, which got a questionable old Miss who is decidedly worse than NC State, an obvious snub we'll talk about in a little bit, like – there's just too much, uh, too much that's just left to chance or left to opinion in this mm-hmm. selection process for me to be like, like this is great. I love doing this every year. Because what did we say last year? The one team that they're going to seat us against and that we match up terribly against is Vanderbilt. Where did we go? Nashville. Vanderbilt. Yeah. Consensus number one overall team versus you know we were filling out that bracket. Oh yeah, let's put a solid like 
mid-tier ACC team there. Like, it, it just doesn't I, – I don't know. I wish I could be in the room where it happened. I'm sure everyone says that about every sport, but, <laughs> I mean – not that we got the disaster scenario, but we're going up against the team of destiny and it's hard to beat the team of destiny twice. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's go over the regional field. Just one second. Like Jake said, uh, tech will be headed to the Knoxville regional as the two seed. The one seed obviously is Tennessee. They are also the one national seed. So you can, uh, so that kind of contextualizes our, uh, prognostication, if you will, the two is obviously tech three are the Campbell camels. And the four are the Alabama State Hornets. Uh, Tech will be facing Campbell in game one of the regional Friday on the 3rd of June. That is a noon kick on ESPN+. I think I agree with you guys when you're saying Tech, given its, you know, given its reputation this season, given its RPI and, and, and all that stuff, and, and given its big wins, it should have gotten a better matchup. Maybe not a better seed, but a better matchup. However, my stance on this, and I put a tweet out from the from the Rumble Seed account earlier today, they didn't play well enough when it mattered in order to earn that benefit of the doubt or that prioritization in terms of matchup, right? They are the, on paper, the 32 overall seed based on the based on the rankings for a reason and that's because for a they oscillated between really good see playing Miami number 3 Miami and winning that series and really bad see allowing a football score to Wake Forest so yeah it's hard to it's hard for me to seriously invest time in the oh tech got screwed sort of debate when statistically, data-wise, et cetera, et cetera, or not even, actually not even data-wise, just like eye test-wise, this team did not play up to the level that it had it talent. Yeah, the eye test was infuriating at points, for sure. Absolutely. Like just, there were some of those where you just like couldn't believe that's like, this team looks literally unbeatable. And then you've got, and then you got like the Wake Forest game, which is like, how, this is a college baseball team? <laughs> and they dropped like, and I think one of the things is that the committee really emphasized non-conference strength of schedule uh, when putting these together. And that was a common refrain on Twitter. And that was a common refrain during but, the selection show. I, I don't think that you can knock tech for having a bad non-conference strength of schedule. I, would, I, well, well, I wasn't really going to go there. Like I was, like, I wasn't going to knock them for it. Like you can, you can knock UVA or, and honestly, NC state, like, yes, they played ECU, but like, mm. other than that, I don't know. Um, I had a point that I was coming around the bend to. I, I'm not just going to like kneecap <laughs> here, but like we had a damn good, like, like we had a damn good non-conference strength of schedule. And it's, it's, it's frustrating. It, it, I it's wasn't, frustrating. I, I wasn't going to knock tech for the strength of schedule. What I was going to say is tech had a very high non-conference strength of schedule. And, but did not do well with that high non-conference strength of schedule, which is part of the problem, like part of the reason yeah. we're discussing this. Because every team in state was fantastic, right? Kennesaw yeah. is in the field. Georgia, Georgia Southern is in the field. I think Georgia State Georgia Southern's hosting. Georgia, which, yeah. Georgia Southern's which, hosting a which, regional. 
it's a whole nother crock as well that Southern is hosting. Notre Dame has to go all the way down to Statesboro when Notre Dame should darn well host too. I, I don't know. It's just I get more I get more steamed about the baseball selection than I think I do any the actual baseball. No, I'd say more than like more than the men's basketball draw, more than softball, more than volleyball, more than the women's basketball draw. It's always baseball. Like, I don't know if it's because it's a bunch of like old boys network or politics or what. I just feel like every year I wind up just like, all right, who's who got screwed this time? Because I know it's coming. I think part of the reason here is and part of the part of the confusion and I was here, I was look, seeing this on, on Discord a little bit, is you have a bunch of teams that are unable to do RPI padding early in the season because they play in the North, right? And so yeah. even if you go straight on RPI, you have, a, you have a half of the nation, depending on, you know, how baseball programs are distributed, assuming half of the nation that is completely screwed when it comes to early season matchups, and early season uh, and early season RPI padding because they just can't functionally do it because right. of the way that the weather, I mean, because of literal weather patterns. So they play six weeks in the South. They do, they, they either do their um, midweeks, their non-con uh, or, and, and just get shellacked by better teams that are in the South Um or they play really soft schedules in the South and then they go back up North and then they have this whole Uroboro situation in their own conference. And that's one of the reasons why you only saw the big 10 put two teams into this field. Uh, I, I sigh. I mean, Rutgers probably had a shot, but if, if, if Rutgers didn't make it, like there's no way Michigan was going to make it if they didn't, if they didn't win the dang conference. <laughs> Right, that's also a good point. Yeah. As yeah. a one mid league in baseball, that's insane. It's absolutely insane, and I think yeah. it proves also it's very funny. Let's be clear, it's very funny, <laughs> but also at the same time, it's not like it's not like Notre Dame is having Notre Dame's further north than Illinois, but they get to play in the ACC. They play a great conference. Pitt, in this case, maybe this is a case where you know that's a borderline team, and and they got screwed a little bit. Maybe maybe they be, you know. NC State or you know North Carolina and get a couple. I mean, obviously, if they beat North Carolina, they're in. But you know, it just seems like it's tough. I I don't I like being in a conference with great baseball, but it also kills me that like half the field is the ACC and the SEC. You know what I mean? Yeah, you. you there's so many. We talked about this with golf too. How it's just a bunch of what half the teams were Southeast by depending on your qualification of what Southeast means and what state yep. is what and whatnot so i mean i mean all, but again same thing like on the flip side like hockey has this too like there's outside of like those random alabama schools like no one's playing d1 hockey at all from the southern like from, we're just missing out on those other sports and so at least there we just know to not try but hey, still can I, can I flavor that just a little bit flavor it away that not try is the key though right like, yeah, it's true. No, yeah, yeah. I'm not like, fielding a, a hockey team, so I'm not sad we get left out. You know, it's got to be a much bigger bummer to be Michigan State and know that, like, you play in a power conference, but, like, it doesn't even matter. Right. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, the Big Ten's in that weird quandary. They could service all the sports and geographically just barely pull it off, mm-hmm. depending how snowy it is at any given point. But, but it works uh, in softball. That's the thing I don't get. 
Like they had seven teams in the field in softball this year. Yeah. Yeah, they did. There. Well, so I was, I did do a little bit of the deep dive of how our pod did against other tournament teams. Campbell played at 11 games against the tournament teams. They were three and eight. Tennessee was 20 and three. Alabama state was zero and two and Georgia tech was 16 and 10. Of course, a lot of those going against ACC schools. Uh, yeah. I maybe I did this by hand, so I may be off by a game or two. Uh, but still, so that that part surprised me though that like despite all this against the tournament teams, we weren't actually like we actually were better than I probably would have guessed, considering just how many times we had disappointing losses. Yeah. Um, but also, just that also shows a number of them were disappointing in the sense because we shouldn't have lost those games. Yep. Yeah, and it's a it's a competitive regional. Right. Yeah. Like it, those, t- those two teams, Tennessee and tech make this a really compelling watch to the point where you think it's going to come down to the final game again, like it did it could. last yeah. year. It could, it could totally come down to the final game last year, but let's, let's talk about these teams a little bit more. Um, I don't know how much prep that either you did for Alabama state in particular, but the comment that I got from our, our expert on college baseball was, and I quote, Alabama state might be the worst team in the tournament, <laughs> which by seeding literally, yes, but also, yeah, yeah, they would maybe 64. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked a little bit about, about Campbell's record versus versus tournament teams. They also have a pretty, pretty good ace on their staff. I was uh, scared when I looked up his stats. I just looked at, I just went to their roster. I was like, all right, who seems to be their ace? And I, it was a immediate, you could tell exactly yeah. who it was as let soon me, as you looked at their stats. Let me put, let me uh, put this on for size. Uh, he's got a 2.21 ERA uh, pitcher wins are fake, but he's got 11 of them. Uh, 0.89 whip one home run allowed, which I think is the big key here. That was the uh, big one for me. I was like, Oh God, that's, Okay, so it sounds like he's not get, he's not allowing a lot of contact in general, uh, and yeah, especially not a lot of hard contact. Uh, opponents yeah. are hitting uh, one ninety five against him. He's only had sixteen walks all season. I think Tech has had sixteen walks in multiple games this year, uh, fourteen <laughs> appearances. So, you know, a uh, little bit of a sample size, but uh, final he's got six point eight strikeouts per walks per walk. So. Really, really good performances out of this guy. I wish I knew his name and had it written down. All I have uh, is it is line. Thomas Harrington. Thomas Harrington. Uh, however, this all comes with the more contextual caveat in terms of tournament uh, tournament performance that he has had his worst starts of the season in his last two, his most recent starts, allowing 10 earned runs, only 8Ks, and those are against worse lineups. So... Keep that in mind as we go into this game one. Like I said, that's the first game of the regional noon kick on Friday. Tennessee, number one national seed. We talked about that already. They're the fired. Uh, I didn't watch all of the SEC championship game, but if I remember correctly, they are the ace, the SEC champ. They are 53 and seven. That schedule sheet has so much blood on it. <laughs> Team of destiny might be, might be very, very accurate for this for this they are just an unstoppable unstoppable force both on the mound and at the plate and it's very scary that we are in the same region as them and we already discussed how that is just a very bad draw jake i want to kick it over to you thinking about this this regional as a whole 
what do you make of I guess we talked a lot about its comp uh, of its composition but what do you make of these other two teams right we talked about Tennessee being really good talked about tech being eh. what do you make of Campbell and Alabama State in this region Campbell scares me honestly um I I know that's you know probably the the obvious one to take off the shelf but um they've they've just had such a solid year I mean they it's it's a team that's hung with power five teams it's a team that's hung with basically I mean they, they won their conference obviously that's that's great and 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 the thing isn't just that they're a solid team it's that they have that star talent and and that that star talent is the exact thing that can neutralize a Georgia Tech and like you know we're gonna run into him like they're not gonna save him for game two if you can't get through game one it doesn't matter um so yeah that's that's pretty pretty nerve-wracking I think uh you know I'm the the obvious plan of attack is is get the bats around early but if that doesn't happen you got to keep runs off the board um in terms of terms of Alabama State though um like they're I don't I think the number my numbers have them as the yeah second worst team in the tournament but it's behind the the it's in front of the MEAC team so like that's kind of what happens at, at that point. Like it, it's just how it goes. Um, it, it, I don't know. I'm definitely not that scared of Alabama state. And if we struggle with them, it's because we're playing with them either after having already lost to Campbell or having already lost to Tennessee. So at that point you're in, you're in, you're in deep water anyways. And I mean, Tennessee's success has been, bandied about by people who are much more in tune with the SEC than I am. But even, even I, as a, as an ACC fellow, I, I, I respect the Vols, if you will. Talking about the Vols. Yikes. Um, Jack, over to you. How, what do you think the success criteria is for Tech, given this matchup and given the strength of Tennessee? What, what is a success in this regional? I my I wrote out a whole prediction. My guess was we'd lose we'd lose to Harrington, lose to Campbell, which is I don't think is awful because he's because he's done after that first game. So if you run into Campbell again, you're probably you're either getting him on super short rest or that's it. My guess was lose to Campbell, beat Alabama State, beat Campbell in that third game, and then lose to Tennessee. That was my roadmap of what I think will happen. Do I, I think... find that to be what the, do I find that to be successful? It. it I made I do it like this because it seems to match how bipolar this team could be in terms of absolutely destroying teams and then losing a bad game there as well. Um, so I think I would like if we beat Tennessee at least one time, as we did with Vandy, I would still find that successful. Like if we can manage that, uh, especially considering, I mean, Tennessee's got the best team ERA by seven tenths of a of a percent of, of a point. And Tech is the 228th best team in the ERA nationally. So it's just the, the discrepancy is just massive. So it's hard to square up really what you can. Also, it's a crapshoot. The playoffs are crapshoots. Like it's, it's half these games are coin flips because it's baseball. And there's a reason you play 60 games in the college season and 162 later on. So, uh, yeah, I think all I'd say criteria for success, I'm going to put winning, beating Tennessee one time. That's I where think- I would want. I think your prediction, I, I don't know if I'd say spot on, but totally reasonable and, and like totally 
feasible, all those uh, af- all those affirming words in terms of the prediction yeah. validity. I think if we lose to Campbell in game one, I mean, yeah, maybe. Twitter's going to freak out. Let's be clear. Oh, Twitter yeah. oh, will, have, oh. will freak out. Like, like, I don't want to say that, like, it would lead to the meltingest meltdown, but, like, this was a team where people are already upset about the whole extensions thing. Um, your mileage may vary. I'm not going to offer an opinion on that right now. Now's not the time. But um, actually, I probably already offered an opinion on you that. Definitely That's- have, but different episode. But y- you know what I mean. Like it's it's challenging to turn around to your fans, your alumni, your students, your players, even where the expectation was this team is extremely talented, host a regional. To go from that to you lost to the three seed in the team of destiny bracket that was going to be the, the odds are long, right? The odds are long to come out of this. And I hate saying that, like, I don't want to go in to this weekend, which is up there with softball March Madness weekend, like in terms of sports excitement and always stuff going on, like it's all happening. And like to go into that and go like, Hey, you're facing one of the most unsung mid majors led by their ACE on Friday. And then if you win that, you are going to run into the buzzsaw of death that's been just like humming in Knoxville all season. That's a tough draw. That's a tough sell to the fans too. I think it can be a tough draw, but it can also be, it's still an overall disappointment for the season. Right. And I mean, we're on record, Jake, you and I have saying this team should be hosting a regional and they just, again, did not perform to that level uh, this season. And we've discussed that to death today itself. I think success here, I think I'm with Jack in saying beating Tennessee once, I think, is success. And I, I think that puts it in the same bracket, pun not intended, as Vandy last year, where I was like, you get – Tech almost won that in extras, right? Like, Tech almost won yeah. that regional final in extras. So, if you get to the regional final and force Tennessee to really work – to get to the supers and host host the Knoxville Super Regional, I think that is my reluctant success criteria here. But I'm still overall displeased with the way this season has gone. So I know we haven't talked that much about the ACC tournament, but now that we can kind of frame that week in in the rearview mirror with also having the, the NCAA tournament field being announced, I would like to point out that, yes – Yes, we have Aaron Fitt going on, uh, Packer and Durham tomorrow morning. We have Jacob Burke, Miami outfielder, uh, Louisville's coach, Dan McDonald. Why the heck are they wasting time on Packer and Durham with John Shire? On the ACC Network, he coaches Duke basketball. He's never coached a game. It's the same problem I have with the RSNs having a bunch of games last week. Am I salty? Is that the reason that I could not watch Yes. Was I also at work? Yes. But also, like, Miami spring game happened months ago. Just put the games on the TV network. Like, I, I don't – It's ridiculous. I don't the there. I don't it's get completely that. ridiculous, but I have to think it has something to do with the broadcast contract that the RSNs are given at the 
um, at the beginning of, of their deals, yeah. right? Like yeah, it's, they it's get the totally ACC bad. network group stage and then they'll like the main networks get the turn, like the knockout round games or, or what have you. And it's very, it was very different back when they signed those two, because the RSNs were far more accessible then than they are now. Like that whole thing. As always, Sinclair broadcasting no, hilariously. You can't get Bally anymore. <laughs> like it's all like ACC network suddenly is the actual preferable option versus five years ago that was a stretch for some folks before the massive cord cutting happened I was like, say, even even then acc network wasn't really distributed on everything like no it wasn't podcast recently right yeah so. no, this is yeah the fact that we have that yeah the the much the wider breadth of acc network acc network uh big 10 doesn't do that well i would say and i never see pac-12 but yeah well no, now nah, that the Larry Scott network is only available on your mother's father's. Yeah. Uh, it's impossible. To get. And, it, and last I could check only in standard definition, but I may be making that up. Really? Too. That's still legal. I didn't even know you could still broadcast in standard definition. <laughs> That's a war Maybe. crime in some States. We've done, we've talked about this tournament to death. I think we should move on. Uh, the last note I will put out there. And this is a, this is a free ad, I guess. Adidas has put, the gold Georgia Tech jerseys on sale uh, as a result of, or a side effect of Tech making the tournament. Um, they're 80 bucks. They look pretty good. The only complaint that I have is it's gold numbers on a gold jersey. Uh, that was, that, I was going to say, I will not ever buy this jersey surely because of that. I don't, I however, this as a, this is a C minus uniform. However, I will say because you are wearing it, and don't have to read the numbers on the back, it's probably fine. So, or, it, or, or just lose a foot race to Buzz and they'll give you one for free. Yeah, Story seven years design. after the jersey has been worn. I remember this very specifically. <laughs> uh, Let's move on. <laughs> that's a great answer, you know. <laughs> great insert. Let's move on. Let's talk about Georgia Tech golf. They were last in action at the NCAA championship final. They were in stroke play last we saw them boy they were uh they were dead last in the field for a while they had a bad first couple of days but they clawed back into the field to make the first cut into the final 15 teams 15 or 16 teams uh today uh however the play today is just about over i think Teams are the last couple of teams are making their way down 17, 18, uh, and right around 14. Um, Tech is in the clubhouse. They're done. They finished tied for 12th, at least right now. Um, the cut line was at uh, plus 33. Uh, that's where Texas Tech sits right now at eight, eighth place in the clubhouse. Uh, Tech was at plus 51 on the weekend, plus 14 on the day. Uh, I'll give you one guess uh, to guess who they tied with for 12. I already know this answer because I'm looking at the leaderboard, so I'll let Jake figure it out. I haven't looked at all today, honestly. Is it Ole Miss? No, Ole Miss is 14th. No. Darn. Well, one more guess. Um, Stanford. No, Stanford missed the cut. It is Yield Athens Community College. Oh, they God. went. They went plus 19 on the day, but they are also plus 51 on the weekend. Alphabetically, technically. Can't win the tournament. There we go. Cheers. Anyway, they got eliminated. Still happy day. We can move on from that. Um, 
this speaking of uh, the other guys, uh, not Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech had a very bad weekend at the bottom of their lineup. Uh, Ross Steelman had a very bad weekend in general. I think he was plus 29 on the weekend. I think he was plus 15 before today. Ben Smith had just Ben Smith just had an awful Monday. He was plus 19 the last time I checked today alone. Um, Judge, I went like plus 30 at Tup Holmes today. It was not good. (laughs) All right. So Ross Steelman plus 29 on the weekend. Ben Smith plus 24 on the weekend. It's it's been a rough go. I will point out specifically that I think, oh no, I can't, I can't actually read these scores, but yeah, not, not an ideal weekend for tech. I, I will say they finished around where they were supposed to based on their coaches poll rank, right? There are came in ranked 11th. They're finishing tied for 12th. I don't think many people are going to be too up in arms about that, especially considering that, the top eight teams right now are just a jumbled mess of the top eight teams in the poll. So, um, yeah, we'll see how match play or their stroke play works out for the rest of the field. But obviously that is not going to include Jordan Tech, barring some sort of massive collapse in these last few holes from By any of these of top eight. Yeah, like several, several of them. So, Jake, over to you. How do you feel about this finish? How does this contextualize Georgia Tech golf's season? We've been ranked at like 11 for all spring. We were a little lower in the fall. Um, so with that, in, with that in mind, it's about what the, the powers that be, the rankings, all kind of consensus had us at. And so I'm, I'm thus at peace with it. You know, finishing 12th versus 10th versus 14th, really at the end of the day, you're just kind of pulling teeth there. So it's it's been a good year like obviously it's it's tough because tech golf is kind of at least in the last five or six years has always been that team it's like yes they're in the mix they could win it all but like at the end of the day like if you're not going to win it all you can't really pass up a you know top 15 season they won five six events i would have been six there is five it would have been six they won the ACC tournament. Tough, tough loss there. I think I think I'd probably be a little bit more ringing in my endorsement if they had uh, walked home with the trophy. But you know, they can always saw the one that they shared with Oklahoma State in half and, and call it a day there. Jack, what you got on this? Uh, I mean, it feels like a lot. What I said last week is like they're good enough to beat the best, but you never know. It could go the exact opposite direction, and it very much did go the exact opposite direction. Um, with a little bit of rebound at the end. Uh, yeah, the scores today were <laughs> not great. Ben Smith was plus 19 on the day. He shot 10 over on the front nine and then plus nine on the back nine, uh, including a seven on a par four, an eight on a par five, and a nine on, a, on the second par five. Uh, so this rough stuff, uh, not great. Uh, Forrester did shoot under par for the day, though. He did shoot two under, which the, which huge. I without stuff like that we're not beating georgia so uh, i will i i mean i gotta give bartley credit here he's tied for 15th overall in the in the individual field so he's doing great that's a really he's had a really really good weekend it's just and he shot a 68 today it's just a shame that um you know some inopportune uh performances from from his teammates came here and uh, you know uh, we're looking at 12th and not a little something a little bit higher 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was all in all, like they, they played a solid year they'll be back next year for the most part. And they, they'll be more experienced too, especially when it comes to something like ACC play, maybe they'll, uh, they'll have that, uh, that memory to look back on and say, Hey, you know, like we've, we've been here before. Um, honestly, I think my biggest, like, darn, that's sad is I don't think golf is going back to Greyhawk next year. And it warmed my heart this year, seeing that those Georgia Tech people on the ninth tee. Oh, yeah. That was cool. there rooting for Georgia Tech golf. That's like so wholesome. I, I love that. I, I think that's very special. I wonder if they give money to the program. That is actually a legitimate wonder of mine. Since they live on a golf course and have hosted Tech Golf, basically. Yeah, you think there'd be years. something there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a FOIA to file at some point but I uh can't lean out the window and ask the team anymore you know big sad womp, womp. any any final notes before we move on here on georgia tech golf season this tournament uh only two guys only two guys have shot under par so far in this tournament individually so it was not an easy weekend just as a whole it seems for columbus too so maybe Maybe it's how they had the holes cut or, you know, where they lined up the, the pins or the tee boxes and, and whatnot. Or maybe it's just, you know, they, they all got unlucky with the wind. But I, I feel like that was pretty true of Columbus, too. Uh, barring, just to wrap up, barring any sort of stupidity in the next hour or so, your top eight in Scottsdale, Oklahoma, Vanderbilt, North Carolina, Texas, Oklahoma State, Pepperdine, Arizona State, and Texas Tech. Ninth place is Arkansas. Tenth place is Auburn and Florida. So very competitive field. The only, uh, just to build off of what Jack was saying, the only team that is over par or under par today is Texas at minus four. Um, And everyone else is far over plus, like I think the lowest above par score is plus four on the day. So it's been a very tough course this weekend. Speaking of other courses, particularly the running variety, the NCAA East prelims for track and field outdoor championships were this past weekend. I think that actually two weekends ago now, um, we had a couple of participants from Georgia Tech. John Watkins uh, was on the triple jump. He posted a length of 13.6 meters, did not advance uh, to the next round of three jumps. Taylor Grimes was in the 100-meter regionals. She qualified for quarterfinals with a time of uh, 13.53. Nicole Feagans, who we've talked about much on this program, was in the 5K. She needed to make fifth to make a nationals appearance, and she placed fifth with a time of 15.56.61. She was about 10 seconds ahead of the sixth-place competitor. She has advanced to national finals uh, in what I will dub the Runner's Palace uh, in Eugene, Oregon, mostly because I don't remember the actual name of the stadium. Other participants, uh, Shanti Papacosta, was at the high jump. She posted a personal record of 1.81 meters. Uh, she was seated at 1.79. Uh, that would be 21st in the East, East region. Uh, Carla Duplessis was also on the high jump. She cleared 1.71 meters, uh, just under her seed length of 177, which would have been 30th in the East region. I've gone over the results. Mr. Grant, you seem to have a word to start us off on. 
that green and silver affront to God is called Hayward Field. That's and right. I knew it. I knew it. I knew the back somewhere in the recesses of my brain. I also did, and I've said that name on the program many times, and I've also read the guy who paid for its freaking autobiography, and I still couldn't remember <laughs> it. Anyway, Runner's Palace, still much funnier. Uh, Jake, since you, uh, since you had to get the last word in on what it was called, how did you feel about this prelim round for Tech? Honestly, it shook out just about as uh, as expected. Tech uh, struggles with having, you know, depth in, in a lot of ways, but they sent four through to NCAA East. And, you know, the, it's, it's the same story as it has been for the last five years. And I think it's, it's telling. I, I, was, I was sitting in church uh, on Sunday, and a kid who's going to be a freshman at Tech comes up and he's like, Jake, Jake you ever heard of Nicole Feagans? And I go, yes, she's really fast. He's like, dude, I run cross country. Like, I'm so excited. Like, she's going to be there representing. I'm like, my guy, I'm very sorry to tell you that Nicole has been here for a long time. And I don't think the NCAA is going to let her compete anymore because that's what happens when you've been at a place for a long time. But, you know, she's, I, I think that speaks to the testament of how um, she's raised the profile of women's cross country and, and women's track and field and has done really well. And at the end of the day, it, she was the one that was seated in the top 12 in, in her event. And that's usually what gets you in, in the mix to go out to, out to Eugene. And we've, we've had a couple more entries in the past, but in terms of what we saw this year, I think, I think I was a little surprised to see Olivia Moore not uh, not pole vault at all at East Prelims, but other than that, like Taylor Grimes had a great year. Glad she got one last good race in in, in uh, Bloomington. Uh, John Watkins has been the standout on the men's side, so good to see him compete one more time. And then for whatever reason, Tech just had two really good high jumpers, and, and they had a, a fine weekend as well. You know, not not okay. Gosh, we have to find flights to Portland or Eugene <laughs> or, or wherever. You know, immediately. I guess it would be a hell of a weekend, though. Find a ticket for one, then then for five. But you know, I I assume they send a coach too. I don't know why I just said one, but you know what I mean. Like she's a great runner. That's what we kind of expected, and maybe she has one tech record left in the tank before uh, before she uh, goes. And the good news for us is it's going to be on ESPN, so we'll finally uh, you know be able to watch a a track and field event live. This is good. Uh, I good. I have these seed times posted, but I wanted to give, or I have the seed times up. I want to give Jack an opportunity to comment on this before, before I read those out. I did. Well, I was going to talk about the times actually, because I looked like Nicole ran a 1556 in the 5k and her best outdoor is a 1537. Uh, so I, I don't know what, whether that was, that was actually like what she could had in the tank for that, or it's just like, she just knew where the fifth, sixth cutoff line was and then just worked that well to, steak it's a steak which respect respect yeah if it if yeah it was i mean alive. also 10 seconds if he's 10 seconds ahead of six like that's a clear demarcation of speed as well so like there is there there I, I wouldn't put it faster to be like okay i know where i need to go i know how i feel with this race just do it just do the work knock it out so uh i'll be so excited to see her out there in eugene um man that would you still y'all talk about going to portland now i just want to go actually go to this i'm not going to but that just sounds insanely fun knock out a couple of breweries in portland go, go to, to a, go to go to a timbers game 
all that or thorns game like there's there's a lot there's a lot of good I, stuff out there i'm i'd much rather go to the thorns before i go to timbers i i've never been to nwsl uh nwsl game wow that, fake that chicago cool. red stars fan despite owning <laughs> four jerseys i only own one red stars jersey and it has the l sublimated on it i'm much more of a train nerd than a women's soccer fan and it was just a convenient excuse to you know give give my local team well i guess they're not my local team anymore but Seeing as Atlanta doesn't have a local team, they can still be my team. That's fine. I'll own it. It's technically it's technically on the uh, rumored expansion list for 2024, but that's neither here yeah. nor there. Let me go to the seeded times for the women's 5K in Eugene, Oregon. Nicole Fegan's time from East Prelims puts her at the 15th seed with her 1556.61. If you go back to her best time of 1530, was it 1537 you said? Yes. Um, that put that would put her right around the eighth overall seed in between yep. Mercy Schallengott at Alabama, who had a 1536, and Ameris Tinsma, I think I misread these, uh, or no, Marley Starlipper, uh, who's a freshman at NC State, who had 1537.00. so she ran this time uh in last year like a year ago was that 1537 uh so her best her best she's ran a 1553 she ran a 1553 at accs uh so three seconds faster earlier uh and then but no but the good thing in this though is that she this is way faster than what she ran at the tech invitational she ran a 1602 and one at, at won, it, last uh, won it at a jog. <laughs> yeah, one at a jog. So like it was, she hasn't needed to do the full Nicole. I think is kind of the lesson here to take in right now. Uh, she's done two sixteen oh twos actually this year. I so, have, I have some oh, very no, last bad. Last year, so. I have some very bad news for you. Um, oh dear. The top seeded athlete, Caitlin Tui. Uh, of NC State is at a 1537.14. So that is a full 10 seconds faster than 1537 or 27? 27. Oh, okay. Okay. That is a full 10 seconds faster uh, than Nicole Fegan's best time. However, uh, I think, like with baseball, anything could happen once you're at the uh, w- once you're at the race. Um We'll, we'll see what happens. It's obviously it's a 24 woman field um, that could obviously probably gets whittled down to the final eight uh, after a couple yeah. quarterfinals. Um, yeah. But we'll see what happens and uh, good luck to her as she, as she goes to Eugene, any final thoughts on track and field East prelims and the, basically the end of their season. I don't think I'm, so. I'm hearing silence from the peanut gallery so we are going to move on. Last note, Nicole Fegan's five, 5K, uh, as we said. That is a 7.25 scheduled start time on June 11th in Eugene, Oregon. It will be televised on ESPN. So mark your calendars for that one. We'll probably talk about it again next weekend. Let's move on to women's tennis, who is also at NCAA Championships, uh, this time in Urbana-Champaign, Illinois singles and doubles were in action let's go over the results singles round of 32 emma navarro defeated carol lee in two sets however the second set did go to a tiebreaker so carol really fought in this one 
Um, doubles around a 32, Miyamoto and Rue from Oklahoma State defeated Lee and Sharbura from Tech in straight sets. Doubles around a 32, uh, the unseeded Tech team of Ava Frostar and uh, Kylie Bilchev defeated Briggs and Zion of Florida in straight sets. The first set did go to a tiebreaker. Uh, that allowed Frostar and Bilchev to advance to the round of 16, where they defeated uh, Lenana and Krywo of Baylor, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, in two sets plus a tiebreak set. Um, that's 1-6, 15-13. So that went the distance. And then in the quarterfinals, uh, Jen, Bro Jen Brodus of Pepperdine and Rostar defeated Rostar Bilchev in straight sets, 6-1, 6-1. So that's it for the women's side. A really good run here to the quarterfinals by Rostar and Bilchev. Um, and a lot of fight shown in the other matches as well. Jack, you get the first word here. What do you think about this finish? How does how do you contextualize these finishes in terms of the overall season for for Tech women's tennis? Yeah, we. I, mean, I remember we talked about how Lee's just kind of screwed running into Navarro. Yes, at the, at the outset for singles. So I mean, Navarro was like, the yeah. one overall seed in the singles yeah. bracket. Just yeah, Navarro's going to be. Yeah, she's going to be. It'd be fun to watch her post post UVA. Uh, so, getting ten games out of that, uh, not that bad, not a bad showing at all. I mean, ten, you can lose a match by four games, but only actually only lose the match by like four points at the same time. Yep. Uh, so, I didn't look up, but she did lose the tiebreak seven two. So I don't, I, I didn't watch this. So I don't know if she was up two zero and then got skunked after that or whatever. Uh, the the Bilchev stuff was really cool to see though, because I mean, like, I mean, I was joking. Well, they could beat Bilchev, or, or what is it? Sharabur uh, and Lee could beat Bilchev and Harastar in the final if they get lucky. But then, but then the more realistic situation flipped on its head there, uh, with our unranked going forward a little bit. Um, would have been in the same. They were in the same bracket as the eventual champs, who I'm forgetting who they were off the top of my head. So they would have. The run champs are important. They don't have Georgia Tech across their chest. That's the right. You know, you're right. I'm going to stop talking about that there. So, uh, yeah, no, I. I I would call, I, I mean, we've been talking about contextualizing it. What's success? This seems like success to me. Um, we go to this tournament every year as well in some form or fashion, just because we're good enough. So I wouldn't, I would, yeah, not going to knock us with that. Also getting through a long ass, a fifth set there, 15, 13. Although I don't know if that's 15 points or game or it's a, it's a tiebreaker. It's, it's a tiebreaker. Tie so okay. Just points. It's still long. That's still long for a tiebreak. Like that, that, that's nothing. That's nothing to, to fuss at. Yeah. So, it's uh, they, uh, the I think the official G, GT feed called it a marathon, and I mean that's twenty eight combined points. That's that's a while. It's a long time. Uh, it's a long time. That's that's a while for that one. I I will say just to reiterate, the Lee Sharbura pairing was seeded. They were the fourth seed, if I remember correctly. Harasar uh, Bilchev were not seeded. Harasar uh, Bilchev also had the fortuitous circumstance of avoiding Navarro's doubles pairing yes that's um, true the, the uva doubles pairing who i think was the first overall seed um or somewhere in there uh and and instead they faced briggs zine um from florida so fortuitous and it allowed them to advance all the way to the final eight so you know i'll, I'll take it that getting beaten the final eight is, is no joke um jake over to you how how do you see this as in the bigger picture of this season for women's tennis yeah um bigger picture is interesting um just one thing, one thing I did realize um, writing YJR yesterday was just how interesting the seeding uh, of the tennis is. So we can, 
we can leave that live. But in terms of the bigger picture, like, yes, is it disappointing that the four got up upset pretty early? Yeah, I'd say so. But also, like, Lee had to play through a bunch of singles games. So uh, in, in the grand scheme, like, as much as you want this team to just keep keep chugging from where they were at, I think an NCAA tournament berth, almost making it through to the to the round of sixteen, is is just about as well as you can expect. You know, for for a team that lost, you know, nine total seasons of of expertise off of its top two courts and its number one doubles pairing, like I don't know, uh, it, it's it's the kind of season I hope volleyball has next year. And I know that that is a little bit scary to think because they were really, 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 really good last year. But like, just bounce back, stay respectable, make the tournament. Like that would be great. Um, and and I think that's fair. And I think that it does bode well for for next year too. Um, Sher Sherbura, Bilchev, uh, Lee, all came really long ways this year. Roster, she's come a long way too. Um, and, and I think that's. They, there are parts that you can build around there. So um, I'm pretty excited, at least in terms of next year. I think they kind of landed right about as well as we could expect. And, you know, there's there's no no disappointment here, at least. Mm -hmm. I think the only graduating senior from this team is Gia Cohen. Um, and I think that was her fifth year of eligibility. So she's... Uh, so she's moving on, but it, it, it's a, it, I think we've been talking about it a lot this year. We talked about it a little last year too. This is a young team, right? Uh, last year it was yeah. other than, um, other than their top two courts, uh, it was a very young team and now it's still younger, it, but it's now more experienced, especially in postseason play, right? You had you're if you're able to make these long runs uh, in when you're a freshman, like Bill Chubb is still a freshman. I think Frostor has two more years left of eligibility. If you're able to make these runs at this stage, um, then there's a lot of room to grow. Um, and you you might be able to see these players grow into those roles that we had so much talent in last year, right? Yep, yep, yep. Cool. Let's head over to the men's side where Andres Martin was in action along with Marcus McDaniel as his doubles partner uh Andres Martin fell in the second round to Arthur Ferry of Stanford that is uh, in a 6-3 6-3 matchup that's all those scores are from Ferry's side uh the Martin McDaniel doubles pairing faced off against Barky and Segerman of Princeton uh they lost in a tie break I think that's what I think I misread the scores here but that was a uh 6-2 First set win for Barky Segerman, one or a six-one win for Martin McDaniel, and then that went to a 10-7 tiebreak that Barky and Segerman won. So that is it for both of them. I think Martin made it to the round of 32. Uh, we talked about that as being a success for this year. And I think we'll get to talk about that a little bit. Uh, the only other note on Andres Martin, he has a wild card bid for the main draw of the Atlanta Open later this summer so we'll be on the lookout for that but jake i want to go to you first we talked like i said we talked last week and the week before about martin finishing in the round of 32 or in the round of 16 in this tournament being a success for men's tennis program overall do you still agree with that 
has, has that changed? Are you still driving with that? What's the haps? I think, I think the thing where I kind of come down on the fence there is just that doubles didn't really make much, uh, make much hay with their draw, especially with how well-regarded they were basically all year. These are two guys who won the ITA uh, Southerns, uh, both, you know, in singles and doubles and, and went out to San Diego in the fall, had a nice little run. And, and I'd say it's tough. I, honestly, more than anything, though, I'd say it's just generally emblematic of their year. Uh, a team that really battled a long way. Uh, they they had uh, they had a lot of stuff just not go their way, and I think uh, their trip to Champaign, uh, their trip to Urbana. I don't know which of the two towns the Con Tennis Center is actually in. Schrodinger's Schrodinger's University of Illinois, of course. There's a lot of corn, trust me. Been there, um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think. I don't want to say it's a disappointing end to a disappointing year, but more of a tough or unfortunate end to a just a unlucky year. I mean, the amount of close four three decisions this team lost was just it was shocking, honestly. Yeah, it was it was a lot, a lot of close losses, a lot of heartbreaking losses. Um, I. I I have a piece to say, well, in terms of how I evaluate this, but Jack, I want to go over to you for your word on what you think of this in the context of this season for the men's program. Now, this was, if it were anything was going to be the sneaky, Oh, we might win a thing here with Andres. Uh, I mean, granted he did have to go against, he would have had to go through three, at least three ranked people uh, based on how the rest of that singles bracket panned out. So it wasn't going to be an easy one for sure. Uh, uh, he's Matt is Barden a fifth year senior or fourth year is he out after this is this the last time we got uh, uh, I will look at the chart while you keep talking well so if he's if he's still stick around this is great because uh, this puts him in a similar situation as swimming is was in this year in terms of like having the the vets that were making NCAAs and doing really well for themselves and just kind of establishing some all right just keeping some continuity in a sense of no 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 I get what the young guys got all right, what you got? Uh, I have him listed as a redshirt sophomore, so potentially oh. COVID sophomore. Um, so I we're think in that's great shape. Years okay, left. they're younger than you think. I was gonna okay. say would be redshirt junior, but I'm glad you checked that, Akshay. Also, okay. he's he's six he's six foot and 169 pounds. That Ooh, boy's muscle on this guy. Thin. That boy is thin. That man needs to become friends with all the linebackers. And just just live with them for a week or two is when they when they get practicing again get that get get that boy at 200 with with 10 more pounds of muscle maybe maybe not right now while he's playing good tennis but yeah eventually that's yeah. a that's a thin boy right there but that's but that's great though i mean like okay so we've got a guy who definitely put up a fight against a ranked guy in the turn in the last 64 of the season and was the guy the whole year like i mean when i was writing for the technique yeah. like it was like all right what did andres do like yep when we could touch tennis it was make sure we knew what he was doing uh so i i i think if anything let's i, I want to see him be a bigger touch point the next couple of years on campus is like that no this is your tennis person like this is this is who we got over there at ken byers like you want to go make sure if you're on campus go see one of his matches at least once i I have something I, – I'm just looking at the roster probably for the second time this season. I'm just astounded at 
two things. Number one, how young this roster is, right? Out of the, what is it, seven uh, that rotated in and out this year, uh, Chopra is a redshirt sophomore. Dong is a sophomore. Uh, Guerrero Melgar is a freshman. Martin, redshirt sophomore. McDaniel, redshirt sophomore. McKinney, redshirt sophomore. Shelter, redshirt junior. So they, that entire roster is still going to be around next year. Well, and also, and we've okay. talked about them just not like, like they, they've been due this year, but like they just haven't had a lot of juniors or seniors the last couple of years. And I think that's kind of what makes us feel like, man, this team should be farther along. They should be closer to that. But when, when you think about it, like Chopra, Martin, McDaniel, like that was all one recruiting class. And that's like three of their top four players. Like the, this whole team is aging up together. And I think that's what makes like it tougher to take a heartbreaking loss or something like that. There's not a senior who's been there and done it before. Like, yeah. like Martin is the guy. McDaniel is the guy. Like, Technically, Shelter yeah. is one year older than all these guys. But, you know, one year does not a, you know, elder statesman make. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other thing I wanted to know, some of these weights are truly funny because uh, Keshav Chopra is listed at 6'1", 137. Uh, <laughs> Chen Dong is a little bit more realistic, uh, 5'6", 143. Um, Melgar is also realistic, 5'11", 165. Talked about Martin. McDaniel was 6'0", 162. McKinney, 6'2", 169. Shelter, 6'3", 176. But Six one one thirty seven is that's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, technically, it's very little. Weights of uh, on the weights of student athletes. Nice, love it, love it for. Yeah, them. I I don't want to I don't want to make a like a generic comment. I, I'm sure Georgia Tech Athletics is keeping them well fed. I'm just astounded by the like just the differences in athlete composition here. Tennis, tennis. I mean, if you watch any pro, like put on some French Open, like they're all very lean people. Like they're meant to be flexible, and else they, it's a mix of flexibility and endurance to get through matches like this. So I'm I'm legitimately looking up uh, Rafael Nadal's. They don't have his weight listed on Wikipedia. He's six one, and I he there's no way he weighs more than one sixty five. Uh. 187. Bull. According to the ATP Tour website. Woof. Okay. Big match well, tomorrow. Nadal and Djokovic played 345 in the French quarterfinals. Last year's version of that match was in my top 10 matches all time I had watched. And I've watched many of the Federer Nadal, Federer Djokovic, Nadal Djokovic matches. So they haven't really played much since that match. And no one likes Djokovic anymore. So it's always for seeing, valid, entirely see, valid reasons. But what have you? One of the best heroes of tennis all time against arguably the greatest tennis player of all time. And at the same time, one of the most hated players of all time. Now go at it. It's just in Nadal's in like the place where Nadal has been more dominant than just about anybody outside of like, I forgot who the women's golfer was who won everything for a decade, but, uh, that idea, you get the idea. Yep. Um, look, every every sport needs a good heel, and Novak Djokovic has just fully like yes. melted into a heel role. And I, at a certain level, I respect it, but as always, you do not, in fact, have to hand it to him. No, not at all. <laughs>
Any final words on the tennis programs and their tournament bids? They'll be back next year. That's my takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that about does it for us this week. Any other final notes, comments, clips? Jake, you first. Um, not really. I mean, it, it's been, it feels like it's been a long week uh, and we do have to appreciate sports while they're here. So uh, go watch baseball this weekend, I say, with much vigor. Uh, but, but in all actuality, uh, if you are around Atlanta, uh, you know, obviously the Atlanta Open is coming up. So keep that on your radar in terms of low-key college stuff over the summer. Otherwise, I guess go, go book some tickets to the Cape League or, or something like that up, up north because uh, the time has run out. Uh, for watching Georgia Tech sports up until what? So probably volleyball will have an exp- ex- exposition, ex- exhibition. Technically, they're in Brazil still, I think. Oh, they're, I think they're long done with that. Oh, like, yeah. That's, that's a bad schedule or a bad posting thing on the Randall Winkler website. Yeah, but you, you, you know what I mean? Like uh, until mid August, like, you're going to have to go find it somewhere. Like you, you got Knoxville, you got the Cape league, you got the Atlanta open Be- better. Hope everyone slim. Likes, better hope everyone likes like Atlanta United and the Braves. Well, I, I would hope everyone likes those teams, but y- you know what I mean? Like it's, we're about to be looking down summer. So take it while you can get it. Well, don't ask me about my current opinions about those teams, Jack, anything else? Uh, before we I wrap have, up, I got many opinions about those two teams as well. I was at Saturday's United match um, and promptly started paying attention to other things after 60 seconds of that match. Uh, I think it was actually they let it hold like a minute into the game or something. Not a minute, like, less, th- less than a minute, minute into the game, and are right back. Left wait, back wait, got. hold on, Akshay, refresh my mind. Wasn't it you that told me I should go spend a bunch of money to go watch that game? Wow, I will say, I will say. The game got really hectic in its final it did. five it did. to eight minutes. Got a little minutes. crazy. Uh, As every a, home United game this season does. There it, was like, an absurd bicycle kick, which both listeners and Jake should go find a YouTube clip of. It I, I should was, be in yeah, the Atlanta uh, United highlights from that from the game. Absurd. Uh, and then it just got really tense uh, and very, very elevated in the in the. Um, in a stadium it was it was a kind of yeah. a cool environment i haven't seen that in a while but yeah yeah frustrating, it was interesting. frustrating day at the office overall um yeah that's that's about all i got mr grant instead of looking for that highlight why don't you take us home instead yeah so uh as you all know uh this is science of the southland it is from the rumble seats podcast you can find us whether wherever fine podcasts are distributed and uh downloaded uh, in terms of reaching out to us, you have Twitter at FTRS blog. Uh, you have uh, the email. Yes, we have one of those from the rumble seat at gmail.com. Comment uh, on this. Uh, leave leave reviews. I don't know if we've ever gotten a review. Uh, that would be wonderful if you did. But uh, we definitely want to hear from all of you in terms of summer content. You can expect us to talk about construction. You can expect us to talk about like pods and three, five, five scheduling and all that good stuff. And you can expect us to break down uh, all the years that we just had and all the teams uh, on tech's beautiful breezy campus in terms of 
reaching out to us. I am a, at Jake Grant 98 on Twitter. We have Jack. He's at Jack Nicholas. Correct. Yes, correct. Correct. Yeah. I knew I looked that up before this. Didn't write it down though. Um, this is great podcasting. And uh, as always, like we said, at FTRS blog. So come find us, uh, you know, like comment, subscribe uh, to borrow a bit from uh, the compound podcast, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, you know, it's all, it's all good. So thanks for tuning in. Go to your elderly grandparents' phones uh, or your elderly parents' phones and subscribe on there. Whenever you have to help them with tech support, subscribe on there. Uh, with that joke poorly received, we will see you next week. Oh,